Okay, we're going to continue our little life-giving disciplines. Um, it's a big, long title. Knowing the power of Christ's authority given to us. Uh, how, would, how many would you agree that today, probably more than any other time, people are just completely ignorant of what Jesus can do for them? Would you say the average person has no clue of what Jesus can do in their life? None. We're living in the last days and uh, before Jesus returns to the earth for his beloved bride. I mean, we say, I'm, I'm in that, I'm in that, I'm his beloved bride. Now, the, these are the last days, and what you see in the last days is governments, uh, because the whole, and we'll get to that scripture in a minute, the whole world is under the sway of the adversary, but governments especially stand up and rise up against the Lord and to banish him. So thick darkness covers the people because uh, light in Christ is outlawed. But Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And when it gets dark, his light is bright. And there are great needs in our community, in our people's lives, and the Lord's coming in with great authority to overthrow much demonic strongholds, much of it, as people's appetite comes. Because, look, people are tormented. They don't know why. They don't even know how they're, why, what, what happened in my life. They're under it. But Jesus Christ has broken the power of the tormentor. His name is an authority in the earth today in his church. And he puts anointing in the church. Jesus has given us precious authority and his anointing to move with his spirit and shatter and break down things that hold people in captivity. 1 John 3, 19, we know that we are from God and the whole world lies under the power of the evil one. So I want to I throw a few thoughts out here and then we'll get into the, the flow of the message here. But the lack of the knowledge of Christ and his love and power create a void in people's hearts massive void when you don't know the Lord loves you and the power that he has to help you you just end up with a you're, you're downhearted you don't know where to go I was kidding around with say you know God's gonna break the power of addiction I used to be addicted to soap but now I'm clean you know it's a, okay see you see what happened anyway let's go put this one up <laughs> I, I put it in there okay meditation of God's Word is the missing link between Bible intake and prayer what we take in of God's Word, through meditating, memorizing, what we take in of God's Word and digest by meditation, we let out by prayer. This is a key. This is another one of those incredible keys. I'm dry as a bone sometimes trying to just pray out of, like, just start pray. I need something to warm my heart. So I'll meditate. The other day, I've been memorizing something I memorized before, I was working on um, Ephesians 3, 14, 15, 16. It says that according to the riches of his glory, that he might strengthen uh, you with his spirit, oh, yeah, with, his, with, his, with power through his spirit in your inner man. According to the riches of his glory. According to the riches of his glory. This is unsurpassable riches. That you might be strengthened with power through his spirit 
in your inner being. I'm sitting there, and I'm suddenly crying. I'm just crying in the presence of the Lord, seeing the majesty and the power. Just chewing one. It's like it's not, we, we had steak. We hadn't had steak in so long. The other day, uh, we had steak, and we were looking at each other going, this is so good. This is so good. And the sweet potato with butter. Oh, my God. And it's like this, this, this wonderful flavor. Well, it's like that biting into the Word of God. It's like, oh, ooh. And there's a spiritual impartation of nutrition to your spirit. And you feel like, you know, hell back off. A minute ago you were under it. Now you're over it. You know what I mean? It's amazing, the authority and the impartation of the Word of God. It's, a, it's amazing. So it's, and now meditation is... I, I, this is in that book. This is in the book that we're reading, Spiritual Disciplines. I just thought this was beautiful. So I think it's chapter 3. Meditation is the sister to reading God's Word and the mother to prayer. Isn't that powerful? So it springboards. It springboards you into prayer. So if you're having a dry time praying, open up the Word. Meditate on the Word. Look for those places of quickening where the Lord wants to cause you to pause and, and think through it. Just bite off something and start chewing on it. As you get to memorizing and stuff, it begins to release this life and this authority to pray. Now, if this is in the last uh, section of this chapter 1 there. If your picture of a disciplined Christian is one of a grim, tight-lipped, joyless, half-robot, then you've missed the point. Jesus was the most disciplined man who ever lived yet the most joyful and truly alive. Though more than our example, nevertheless, He is our example of discipline. Let us follow Him to the joy through the spiritual disciplines. Focus on the person and work of Jesus to learn from, gaze upon, enjoy who Jesus is and what He has done. And see, this is, this is what happens. You, your soul begins to be restored just because you're valuing doing the things that Jesus did. Jesus meditated on the Word of God. Be like Jesus. Do you know the Scriptures are the mind of God? So you chew on that. What are you chewing on? You know, saying, garbage in, garbage out, right? You know, but if you, if there's something, you, you want to get, you want to get where your spirit begins to crave being with the Lord. So I want to start this uh, message off a little bit, launch it with this, um, his ultimate goal, the ultimate goal of the Lord with you. I put these two scriptures up last week, just 1723, this goal of being in the circle of God's love. Jesus is praying to the Father, says, I and them and you and me that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you have loved me. So the Lord wants you to be loved. I love the 1726. I made known to them your name. And look at this. I will continually make it known. When you are spending time with the Lord, the Lord continually makes known the authority that He has. That the love which you, He's loved you with, He says that you may be one in Him and I in them. He says, I want to continually open revelation and, and give you more and more understanding of who I am and what I've done for you. So you are, you are created, this is my line here, you are created for love-filled unity with Father God in, in the very core of who you are. This is what you're made for. You're made to the, to the core of who you are to know and walk in the love of the, 
of the Father. When you do that, there's something changes about your life. When that becomes the priority of your life. Father God created you to know His love and live in it to the depth of your being. And it is basically how you start off when you're new in the Lord. This is how it kind of kicks off. First Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. What this really is talking about is your spirit comes alive. Your spirit. What's new is that now you have a new nature that's been put in you. It's in seed form. It's kind of embryonic. You know, it's, it's young. And you've got to feed it, you know, as you feed. And as you spend the time feeding your spirit, the Word of God, then you begin to mature. And God gives you wisdom. He gives you, you, you he cleanses your heart and mind. Psalm 23, verse, uh, the very first part of that, says, He restores my soul. So your spirit is alive, but what is your soul? Your soul is your mind and your will and your emotions. How many of you feel like, hey, my spirit's really doing good, but boy, my mind's messed up. <laughs> my emotions are still torn apart. My will is still weak and vulnerable. So he wants to restore that. Well, how does he do that? Part of this, 12, uh, verse 2, first part. Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed, what? By the, what? Renewal. Everybody say, renewal of your mind. So when you put the word in, and this is what we're going to shift into a little thought process here in a second. There's a place in your life that our adversary wants to abide in. It's very simple to understand when you have your spiritual eyes open and very difficult to see when you're spiritually blind. You don't see this stuff, but here's this. The coveted, the coveted place in your life is the place between you and the love of Father God. The devil wants that spot. That's the place he wants. He's aggressive about it. He's vicious about it. He's massively deceptive about it. He uses every tool and every, every device he has to keep you separated from this love that you're called to walk in. There's a place right there, and he wants that spot. He's got that spot in many people's hearts because of confusion, because of all kinds of things that have, that uh, works of darkness. He can, he, is he cunning? Is he deceiving? The scheme of the devil is to inhabit this place with something other than God's love for you in Christ. Here's wives. Uh, Isaiah 14, 13 through 14 says, You said in your heart, this is a verse in the Bible about Satan. He says, I will ascend to heaven above the stars of God. I will set my throne on high. I will sit on the mount of assembly in the far reaches of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. This is the devil's faulty thinking. Because when it came time to dismiss Satan from heaven, yeah, there was a war in heaven. But you know what it was really like? It was like flicking a gnat off a table. There you go. God is almighty God. He's almighty God. He has all authority. Never fear the adversary. He's a self centered egotist and he's blinded by his own ego he's doomed eternally he doesn't so he wants as many people to go to hell with him as possible he wants to confuse as many people there's this thing called in the old testament the uh, the call of the covenantal people of god there was a season when first moses was invited to instructed by god to build this tabernacle and then later David 
raised the money, and then Solomon built the temple. But then you had the people's heart fall away from God, even though there's this, this center of, of worship. And any time the, the, that place was honored, things went right in Israel. When it was dishonored, this is what would happen. They would go to these high places, orchards, and worship false gods. A lot of sexual uh, perversion happened there. What does a high place represent? High place or high places, the Hebrew terms there. In biblical context, it always means a place or places of worship. So this place where Satan wants to invade and be in people's hearts and minds and something other than the love of the Father for you, he wants you to give attention to something, anything else. Anything else. Look away from the Lord as your resource. Look away from the Lord. Go into a self-help book or something. Hey, you know, today there are so many people that they want to know their future, they actually shell out money to fortune tellers. And they open the door for demons to come in and torment their life and their kids. Because, and they're paying for it. They're giving money. There are people that are giving money for sexual stuff. They're opening doors to demons to just come into their life. They're paying for demons. They're shelling out bucks for bondage to take over their minds and darkness to fill. And then they're tormented. They don't know what to do. But when they walk in that door, Jesus Christ will deliver them. When they walk in this door, we're going to see the breakthrough and help. Amen? Second Corinthians, I just wanted to put this up here because it's so important to me, this thought, this coveted place, this focused place between you and the Lord. That's why we want to steward our lives before the Lord and not let stuff get in the way. Second Corinthians 10, 4 and 5. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments. Everybody say, every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. Every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. See, that's that place. That's that place. That place, that's that, that high, high place. In the Amplified Version, it says, we are destroying sophisticated arguments and every exalted and proud thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. This place... Have you been tempted to think that the Lord can't handle that place when submitted to Him? The New Living Translation puts this this way. I backed up a little bit. It says, We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. So this is in our, our hearts and our thinking. Hell wants to exalt something and put it between you and Him. How many of you have suffered under having something come between you and the Lord? That's why this verse is so important. And you can say, Father, forgive me for whatever's in me that would accommodate this. Father, forgive me for whatever's in me that would cooperate with this thing that's harassing me and giving me anxiety. Because if you're not standing in the peace of the Lord, 
then your portion is being missed out on. And the Lord wants to govern you with his peace every day. He is the Prince of Peace. He is the Prince of Peace. The Lord wants your heart flooded with his love every day. He wants you to know the depth of his love for you, and you walk in it every day. The Lord desires you to be his child and nothing get in the way of the intimate walk that you have with him. He wants to walk with you, whisper in your heart. If you walk with the Lord, here's what you'll notice. You'll notice that it could be several times a day, suddenly he'll just hug you. You'll be walking along and suddenly the Spirit of God just come. You didn't initiate it. He initiated it. So what is a stronghold? What is it what we're trying to cast down? A spiritual stronghold is a habitual pattern of thought built into one's thought life. Is that a good idea? Is that a help, helpful? Uh, it's a, some kind of a habitual thing. Satan and his minions want to capture the minds of people, and the mind is kind of like the citadel of the soul, and he who controls the mind controls the soul. It's a strategic place. Let's look at this one, the next slide. The, a stronghold of the mind is a lie that Satan has established in our thinking that we count as true, but actually is a false belief. And we embrace, when we embrace these lives, they affect our attitudes, emotions, and behaviors. Isn't that right? Just lift your head right now and say, Lord, I don't want any uh, flybys. <laughs> I want clear airspace between me and you and your glory and your love. And your, I want to just make a fresh dedication in your heart. Lord, I want to live. I want to live without the intrusion of the adversary because I want your promises to be the, the, the radio signals to my heart. I want your, your, your word to, to be the, the, the authority inside of me. Praise you, Jesus. So we cast these things down. Things that come to harass, to steal, to kill off, to destroy. We rise up. Right now, when I'm speaking of this, there's an anointing being released to take down things. It just comes. It just comes with that. The Lord wants to just... It's almost like the Lord's just going to show up, fold His arms like we sang in that little song. The Lord just fold His arms and intimidate the adversary. He says, this is my child here. Mm -mm. No, no, no. This is my child. You cling to Jesus. You let His power, His love for you, establish who you are in this earth. You're not what the devil says you are. You're not what your past failure says you are. You're who He says you are. You're a brand new creature in Christ Jesus, having your mind renewed. In the name of Jesus, constructs of the mind that have held our beloved family back, constructs, patterns that have held the family back from intimacy and the joy of personally knowing the Lord, come down, come down, come down, come down. In Jesus' name, come down. We cast them down.
We cast down arguments. We cast down high things that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. We disagree. We break agreements with allowing them to be there in the first place. We come against that. Father, forgive me. Father, forgive me. Father, I renounce. Father, right? Are you there? Hallelujah. That great dragon, Revelation 12, it's not a slide, but that great dragon was thrown down and the ancient serpent who is called the devil, Satan, the deceiver of the whole world, he was thrown down to the earth and the angels were thrown down with him. And I heard with a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of God and the authority of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down. He who accuses them day and night before God. When you're the guy needing some help, when you're the girl in need, and the Lord shows up in his authority, oh baby, isn't it wonderful? When you've been tormented, when you have had no peace, when the thief has come to rob you, and he's been successful at stealing, and you don't know what to do with yourself, isn't it wonderful when finally your heart comes to that place of peace? that the Lord has accomplished for you. Aren't you the happiest person on the planet? Oh, how he loves you and me. Oh, how he loves you and me. He gave his life. What more could he give? Oh, how he loves you and me. In Mark chapter 9, starting with verse... 14, I want to say right before this, Jesus has gone up on the Mount of Transfiguration with Peter, James, and John. And he's up there, you know, and they, they go up there. And this, is, uh, this is one of those passages that just boggle your mind. That Jesus literally is shining as bright as the sun. It's just phenomenal. And Peter and James and John look up, and there's Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. They come out of heaven and they're having a chat, you know, and Jesus... I, I don't know. It'd be interesting to know what they were talking about. But Peter gets this idea. Let's build three tabernacles, one for each of them. It's like, you know, when you're, you're overwhelmed with the reality of this, how do they even know that's who it was? But they somehow knew. And then Father God speaks and says, this is the Son of my love here. Listen to Him. So anyway, they come down. They come down the mountain. They come down the mountain of transfiguration to the valley of disfiguration. They come down where all the need is. And when they came to the disciples, over nine of them still down there, they saw a great crowd around them and the scribes arguing with them. There was something going on. And um, immediately all the crowd, when they saw Jesus, they, great, they were greatly amazed and they ran up to him and greeted him. And he asked, he said, what are, what's the argument about here? And someone from the crowd answered him, Teacher, I brought my son to you for he has a spirit that makes him mute and whenever 
it seizes him, it throws him down, and he foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. And that's Satan's goal for everybody. So I asked your disciples to cast it out, and they were not able. And he, he answered them, Oh, faithless generation, how long am I going to be with you? How long am I going to bear with you? Bring him to me. I was thinking about that. It's like, you know, he just came out of the, off the mountain. Hey, if there's anybody who knew who he was, Jesus knew who he was. And he's come as the answer to this culture, to this day. Jesus is the only answer for demonized cultures. He's the only answer. And there are people in our neighborhoods that are given over to their appetites and they've given over to works of darkness and they're bound. They're bound. And I just believe the Lord wants to bring them. And free them. And love them. Like this boy. They brought the boy to him, and when this, he, the spirit saw him, the demon inside the boy, immediately it convulsed the boy, and he fell down on the ground and rolled, around, rolled about, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. It has often cast him into fire and into water to destroy him. But you, but if you can do anything... Have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, If you can. If you can. All things are possible to those who believe. This man said the most brilliant thing. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. Having any bondage will wear you out. Work of darkness in a family just wear you out. Wear you out. But Jesus says, if, if, hey, I want that spirit. If, if, you've come to the church of the living God. Jesus is the head of this church. He's put his authority in this church. If all things are possible for those who believe, help my unbelief. Are you there? How many of you have seen the adversary routed from someone? It made a big show before it left. I'm saying this from the Scriptures, and I'm declaring who Jesus is in this house. Because I don't want us to be timid when the Lord brings the severely broken. It's a beautiful thing to watch Jesus do a deep work in somebody's heart and cast out everything that's been tormenting them and breaking generational bondages and, and all witchcraft, all kinds of things people have opened up today. And the Lord says, hey, I'm still the same. I never changed. Hang on, baby. Would you just lift, uh, I think this, this, I have another development of this word, but just lift up your hearts to the Lord and say, thank you for your authority in my life. Thank you for your absolute authority over darkness in my life. Thank you for your 
absolute authority of Jesus' name in my life. Thank you, Lord, for your authority that you have placed in me because I put my trust in you. Thank you for your covenantal gifting. You put both hands out on the cross and cut covenant for me and for everybody in this room. As you said, both for man and for God, you came in the covenant through the cross to break the power and the holds of hell. And we thank you for that. Let's just rejoice. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Praise the Lord. Praise you, Jesus. And when Jesus saw that the crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit and said to him, You mute and deaf spirit, I command you to come out of him and never enter him again. I... I want to be able, I want to I want to do that. I want to do that. How many people in here was I want to do it? Jesus said even greater works should do if you believe it. I want to not that I want to do it to do it. I want to do it because I want to see somebody fall in love with the Father the way I have. I want to see somebody come to know Jesus. I was tormented. I was beaten up as a kid. I had a lot of demonic stuff in my life. God cleansed it all out. There's so many people so much worse off than I was and I was pretty bad off. Everybody in here want to have a kingdom glory house where people can get free from no matter what by the grace of God. He can't come in it and it says, after crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out and the boy was like a corpse. So that somebody, uh, the people said, he's dead. You know, when, when I've seen that before, when somebody leaves somebody, it's just been like the, the central nervous system of their whole life. It's been the demonic, and when it leaves, it's like they just collapse on the floor. They're just like, God, I'm, this thing's been running the show. It looks like they're dead for a minute. And Jesus, what did he do? He just reached down, lifted his hand, and, he, and the boy arose. He wasn't dead. And when he had entered the house, the disciples asked him privately, why could not we not cast it out? And he said, well, this kind can be driven out by anything but prayer. Some versions add um, and fasting. So the devil, here's, here's the point of this. The devil wants you to be deaf. That you can't hear the Word of God. And he wants to be mute. That you can't say it. The devil works early. So how's this long as it Hey, let me ask you this. Has most of the stuff, now not everything, but many of the things that people struggle with started in childhood? That's so real, isn't it? Jesus is pointing this out. Well, how's long this has been going on? Since childhood. The devil wants to torment you at his will. He wants to be able to just pop up and torment you any time he wants. And the devil wants you and others to, around you to feel helpless. This is where, to me, where the power of the gospel is revealed. It says, after crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out and the boy was like a corpse so that they said he is dead. Jesus took his hand and lifted him up. This is, I was saying, Lord, where are you in this passage? He goes, you just look, just look for a minute. Jesus was on the cross, crying and convulsing under extreme pain, bleeding out the very blood that would redeem us. He wasn't demonized, but Jesus was crying out on the cross. 
And the boy was like a corpse. And they said he's dead. But Jesus actually was dead. And Father God, with his power, reached and lifted Jesus from the dead. And Jesus reached and took the boy's hand when he was like a corpse and lifted him up. Jesus could cause you to rise because his resurrection is your resurrection. His power is your power. His life is your life. I saw, um, I saw the, a picture Thursday night. I saw a picture of the Lord as a blacksmith. And he was fashioning a weapon. A unique weapon for you. And the understanding that came was this. Hell has been working for a while. Developing a plan. To overthrow your walking Christ. To disturb things greatly. And the Lord was saying, just hold on a little bit more. Just hold on a little bit more. I'm working on a weapon. Now we know that he's already developed the weapon. But the hope that the Lord says, I'm going to enter your life with a level of weaponry you know nothing of. Would you put this up, this verse? Isaiah 54, 16, 17. Behold, I have created the smith who blows the fire of coals and produces a weapon for its purpose. I have created the ravager to destroy. The Lord says, I'm coming into your life to destroy whatever's come to destroy you. I've come to, with a weaponry that I've fashioned specifically because the, custom, the hell has put a custom-made strategy to come against you. I'm coming with a custom-made strategy to overthrow the adversary. Because the very next verse, which many people know, is this. No weapon that is fashioned against you shall succeed. Hallelujah. And you shall refute every tongue that rises against you in judgment. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their vindication is from me, declares the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord says, I'm fashioning a weapon. I'm creating a, a dynamic, unique tool to release into your life. Let's stand together. Just go ahead and say, Lord, hand it to me. Open up, open up just to the Lord. Say, Father, thank you for every tool, every, every, every device that you have the authority of your name, the power of your blood, the resurrection power of your spirit, the authority to repent for doors opening that bring torment into my life or my family, the, authority, the granting of repentance, the granting of renouncing the works of darkness, to break down strongholds and to cast down high things that would exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. We praise you, Lord. Let's go ahead and praise you. We just praise you, Lord that you've equipped from the youngest to the oldest with the authority of the name of Jesus. 
For you are not without the authority. The Lord has you in mind when he's saying, I am crafting a weapon for you. You will get used to how you walk with that authority. David didn't take on Saul's sword in his armor. He just had a sling and a stone. He was good at that. The Lord says, I'm going to give you what I cause you to excel in. Let's praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord says, I've given you a way to be under my authority. Just receive that. I've given you. See, there's, there's some of you right now. The Lord's saying, I'm going to give you love like you've never known before. I'm going to pour love into you and it's going to become a weapon. You would run out of the supply of love. You'd just run out. And, and hell would come and pick on you. The Lord says, I'm going to give you a tank of love that you can't is so uh, you cannot empty the thing it is so full you're going to have such a tie to the lord and the power of his love Praise that you God. will walk in the fullness of his love just receive it if you were to, if that's you just receive that right now say lord i receive the love i receive this love if you have just had your eyes blinded to the power of the blood of the lamb to know that the blood of Jesus Christ is not just some word on a piece of paper. It's a dynamic, living, active work in the earth. Demons tremble around that stuff. It's life-giving. It overthrows works of darkness. His very name. Uh, the Lord just put in my heart. I feel like He just really, really wants us to function in the gifts of the Spirit. Just lift your heart to him. Just say, uh, just pour, uh, help me. I just declare activation of this body life in the gifts of the Spirit like never before. Like never before. That they're intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Hearing the voice of the Lord. Knowing how to receive. Knowing how to help people. Just come on us like never before. Never before. Lord, let the love of the Father sink so deep, so powerfully inside. Praise you, Jesus. Fearlessness come upon you. Fearlessness come upon you. Fearlessness. Jesus, God's giving you a spirit, but not a fear, but power and of love and a sound mind. You're fearless. Perfect love cast out fear. Perfect love cast out fear. It casts it out. Say, so let the lion's share of my heart be full of the love of the Father. Let my heart know nothing but the love of the Father. The atmosphere of heaven. The throne of Jesus. Oh, this word was worship. Just go ahead and worship. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus.